0: Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I am your host, D Palm. Follow me on Twitter at D Palm66. Follow the show on Twitter at U D Pod. Follow the entire MTR Network at you Guess It. The MTR Network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere. You get your podcasts for free. 99. And this guest today is someone you've heard very recently. I'm glad to have him back. It's Justin. No, no, uh, no. No preamble here, but I want to say this. I had a breakdown of things to talk about today. I have a list, including, but not limited to, University of Georgia's hopeful second back-to-back consecutive in a row national title. But before he got started, Justin told me what he's going to do this weekend. I need you to tell the listeners. All
1: right, so no secret, the professional football team I root for is the Tennessee Titans. And months ago, my father said, hey, you know, I got some – titans tickets and for jacksonville you and your brother want to come down and you know watch a game i was like oh yeah it'll be fine it'll be it'll be jacksonville this will be it'll be a fun little coronation for our third afc south title then december happened i i'm going to watch them break my heart in real like in person i'm going to see it happen
0: say the name of the quarterback you're about to go to your arm in public you're, that oh you're getting gosh. on a plane. For the record, I didn't get the preamble about man, this. This I didn't get none of that shit. I got. I'm I'm about to get on a plane to fly to t- to Florida to watch the Titans play the Jaguars. Who is the quarterback? Will you be supporting from your seats in Jacksonville Stadium, which I should be calling University of Georgia Stadium because of what's happened the last couple of years of that game? But I won't do that to you right now. Who is the wow. quarterback you've been cheering for? Out of curiosity, Joshua Dobbs. And what year is it when we're talking?
1: Uh, it is currently the year 2023.
0: I made Joshua Dobbs. everyone in here. I made no comments. I asked two questions. Who's the quarterback and what year is it? You can write your own jokes at home.
1: Uh, and I'll be watching the punchline on Sunday or Saturday now.
0: Oh, this is so exciting. For me, not you. For you, it's 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 a it's a good time to spend with your family. That's you hang out with your brother, hang out with your dad. It's rare as we get older and more responsibilities to have these kind of chances. I invite you, my friend, to really, really bask in this.
1: I will enjoy watching Derrick Henry get the ball 30 times again.
0: And, like, that's without pointing out the fact that, like, Nick Saban – or, excuse me, uh, Urban Meyer is a worse coach than we thought because Trevor Lawrence might be good.
1: Oh, that whole – so Trevor Lawrence's first year, I was like, okay, he gets a pass because Urban Meyer. Like, no, there's no I mean way too, anyone but I think could he prosper. Past. Uh, yeah, turns out he is that dude. He truly might well be that dude. So you know, um, we're not I here. To, but we uh we had a good run, you know, uh two back-to-back AFC South titles. It was fun. Um, but now we've got Trevor Lawrence. And Houston's going to pick up whoever they're going to pick up. And then Indianapolis will, I don't know, they'll turn Anthony Richardson into Josh Allen 2.0, I guess. So
0: that'll be a fun don't, time. Don't you mention underwhelming for the players in this podcast. Not today. Not when we're here to celebrate the greatness that is your University of Georgia Bulldogs headed to their second in a row consecutive National title game. That's right. Monday night, 7:30 kicks off. We're gonna see the Georgia Bulldogs take on the TCU Horn Frogs in a clash of tight end singular. Because I can be as conciliatory and um, complimentary of TCU as I want to be. That don't change the fact that the average American says, Who the hell is Georgia playing? That's who they're gonna see Monday morning in the paper. They're gonna be confused. And so this podcast, the beginning of this podcast, is going to break down why it's going to be an interesting game, why it could be a dangerous game for Georgia, and our resident Georgia hater is going to point out any ways that Georgia could lose here. Let's start off from the very top. Georgia versus TCU, 13 point favorite is the Bulldogs. The two teams are combined 27 and 1. That one ain't because of Georgia, I'll tell you that. And I've got to ask you, Justin, that number, and I am a cocky borderline annoying Georgia fan now, that number feels too high.
1: You know, the number is, I feel like that's that. That's a Vegas number, right? That, that's a number to entice people to bet. It's right in the sweet spot where it's like, yeah, 13, I feel like Georgia could cover, or 13, you know, I think TCU can get it. That's a nice way to, I can flip a profit. I can flip something there. I feel like that's a nice betting number. I don't think that's indicative of either team's actual ability. I think that's more so the house trying to get someone's money. The house is going to, someone's going to see 13. Like it's not that bad.
0: That's okay. Cool. So the books have already moved it down. It's down to 12 and a half. Um, yeah, and on Tuesday morning, when this ends, we're either be talking about, look at this emergent dynasty two times in a row. Or we're going to say, Holy shit, Cinderella. The last two times we've seen national title games, nine and a half favorites, were both blowouts. Uh, Alabama was up, uh, was uh, favored nine and a half over Ohio State in 2020, and over Notre Dame in 2012. They won both games by 28 points. The two games before those big spreads, the last four times we've seen, were both upsets. The last four times we've seen double digits spreads in the Super Bowl, all upsets. So I'm not taking anything for granted. I'm not going to say, hey, this is a, a lay down, da da. I refuse. We're gonna start with the part of the game that makes me the most nervous, and that's when TCU has the football. When TCU has the football, there is a problem at hand because what they've done down there, they've built uh maybe even a blueprint for your middle class to make it to these big games. They've got one elite five star receiver, they complimented him with a five four star quarterback, and they've made do everywhere else on the field. Say what you will about Michigan and Ohio State. Those are two teams that maybe hadn't faced as dynamic an offense as they had seen in both of their playoff games. But a big wrinkle for Michigan was the ability to look at the numbers, to look at the recruiting, to look at the tape even and say, hey, dog, we're going to roll these people. We all saw what happened. And so I think that that's not the biggest concern for a Georgia fan defensively. The biggest concern is obviously the, the youth and experience in the back end and the intensity. Oh, my goodness the tendency of Nick Saban's scale defenses to do poorly against running quarterbacks. You have mocked me for this for years. I've mocked Bama fans for this for years, but now it's becoming a problem on the largest stage possible. Justin, is there anything that you saw either a Sunday or Saturday, excuse me, for Georgia or throughout the season for TCU that says that my fears for Max going off are a little bit unfounded?
1: I think we are, and I don't want. I'm going to sound like such a hater saying this, but I think you'll get where I'm coming from. Max is not C.J. Stroud, right? Correct. I think while he has the skill set that would ordinarily give that style of defense problems, I don't know if he's going to get past your front four.
0: And that's and that's the hope. That's the the thing that you saw against Ohio State when you saw CJ pull, pull, pull all those yards is that you and I know that motherfucker don't run. Exactly. He exactly. Dro- he broke his own scouting. The first time he ran, I said, absolutely fucking not. And I threw something <laughs> on the ground. I was so mad because there was no reason. There, I know there's a lot of maybe, – maybe not. Maybe there's a racist person who said, hey, he's black. Why ain't he fast?" And I'm telling you, not all black quarterbacks will say same. Janus. Um He's one of the black quarterbacks who's going to stay in the pocket. He's one of the guys who all season, I think that was his season high in Russia, probably 10, yes. 10 yards. He don't do that. And so when people are saying, oh, look at George's back end, they got victimized numbers wise. Yeah, they did. So that's not a bigger numbers, which is still, I will be. If you came here for me to tap dance for um, an hour, go to last episode. I swear to God, I did that. This Episode I'm about to be really real about the 60 minutes left of sets and been in my life and how unsure I
1: am of what's That'll, going to happen, but it'll be over soon. Just 60 minutes, uh, that's all you gotta minutes, do.
0: Way or another. Win, lose, and throw. I'll never see this helmet again. Like, that's the one thing that's pushing me to like, let's record this and get it out on Friday so I can do something else for Monday. That's where I'm at. I need, I am in a place where. So, the other podcast I might be getting, I'm trying to get the doo You crazy crew organized those schedules to get one more podcast in before the game. And it's been a year of Andrew Hall te- just taunting me in our group text about Stetson Bennett. You know what's wild? And. What? I think Stetson's going to be the best.
1: Like, I think he's the best quarterback. We're not doing this. Game. We're
0: doing. TCU has the football right now. God damn it.
1: <laughs> but he's, you think it too. And that's the scary part. You think it too.
0: TCU, as I was saying. <laughs> I, I liked what I saw about the ability to run. My question is going to be the commitment. Because what Georgia does pretty blanket-wise all over the season has been to look at you and say, you want to run? I don't want you to run. Now what are you going to do? Well, I don't say had an answer. They had four receivers who could run all over the field and they had a line in a protection scheme that, once again, I'm going to commend the Ohio State and Ryan Day. The more I've watched the game twice now since Monday, and the way they moved that pocket wasn't just advantageous for CJ in the scramble game. That's a great way to slow down a pass rush, because if I feel I'm running lanes, it's easier to pin your back and go. If he's launching, sometimes he's behind the right court tackle. Sometimes he's behind the left guard. Like, if he's – when you change a launch point, it changes how you've got to defend them, and it changes your blocking schemes. And they're able to utilize those rolls and half rolls to give Ohio State's offensive line better chance against these rushers, against these dogs. That said, he came into that game C.J. Stroud did, having been sacked eight times all season. He was sacked four times in a game where I said he did an exceptional job against that defensive front. I'm trying to be nice here.
1: I think that is nice. I don't know like if they that, coach that, that, is, that. I don't that, know if they that. coach. You. TCU can copy everything Ohio State did. TCU does not have the talent that Ohio State has.
0: Sonny Dykes is good at taking what you got and making a meal out of nothing. But what happens yes. if the other guy is a gourmet chef with all the ingredients? And by gourmet chef, I want everyone to realize I'm not talking about that Harbaugh boy. So we're gonna have to see. That's when georgia was when tc has the football i'm personally I, just getting it out there i think i'm unsure about the max of it all because he's that huge x factor for me because historically georgia and uh, uh tangentially alabama when Kirby was there did not fare well against the running quarterback because just for those who don't know football strictly math if you've got 11 guys to cover 10 guys your job is a little bit easier but once the 11th guy on the offensive side Becomes an active participant in every play. You've now increased accountability for every defender and decreased the margin of error. That makes sense, right? Yes. I need to. I need to check with people when I say some shit because I'm like, I don't know. That made total sense to me. I gotta make sure that one translated. So thank you for being there for me. Um, but that being said, I hate that you're. I hate that you taking the stance. I don't like it. It reeks of, of 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 insincerity.
1: But no, it it is entirely sincere because Justin, while I understand Justin. that Max has a skill set, I watched that Mich- I watched that Michigan game. He didn't look good. They won, but he did I mean, not are, look good.
0: You're not wrong. <laughs> like, but we're gonna see. This is not, this is not this is literally the definition of hot hand. Sonny Dykes sat here throwing strikes all season. First year head coach at um at TCU. I almost called him Rice. I apologize. First year head coach at TCU. He came up there and said, hey, look, we ain't got blue chippers. I got what I got. We're gonna make it work. And he's made it work. So this is a team that was 23 and 24 over the four seasons before he got there. If you talk, if you talk to me six months ago, I'd say, oh, Sunny Dykes, the roster, call it eight and four, seven and five. And now we're sitting at this thing with everyone doing the thing they did during Tennessee week, where everyone's telling me what a shot TCU's got and how bad these Georgia players are. I read two articles about how not good and how not impressive Ladd McConkie is. And that's fine. But, like, we have eyes. Like, we see if, – if Steph's cutting you up with Ladd and you don't think Lad's that dude, it tells me what you think about sets That's all I'm saying about that. Right. Um so I guess Georgia's got a slight edge on the defense. When we get to the offensive side, that's where things get really kind of fishy for me because we will talk about the quarter acquisition last, I promise. Before we get there, the injuries on offense is what really turns it for me. Warren McClendon, offensive lineman, has been listed as uh, questionable for the game. Darnell Washington is listed as questionable. Vlad McConkie's listed as questionable. McClendon, I, that's a mean thing. You guys are not going to give a shit what I think about line play. Let's talk about the guys who catch the football. Garnell Washington is not the leading tight end. He's the second tight end on this team. Brock Bowers is that dude. They got a kid from Napa Valley to come play in Athens. Speaking of culture shock, but he's been that dude. Like can't, you cannot take a thing away from Brock Bowers. My of M'Connor jokes need not apply. But the reason this offense goes is because they'll sit in 12 and then not change personnel and all of a sudden it's a spread. Because Darnell Washington cleaning up the front and back side of those zone blocks is what makes you most effective. We've seen them mix in, particularly down the stretch, a lot more hide on hat power type concepts and counters. But when you're facing a 3-3-5, the advantage of the 3-3-5 is speed and unpredictability. The way you beat it is, what if we just run zone? And one of our guys are really good at zone, and They pick up everything across their base. And that's where the Darnell Washington injury for me is the problem. And people have said, Oh, you know, you are talking talk about why Darnell Washington. Hey guys, every Georgia game, there's once one catch a game, because he only gets like three balls a game. He catches a ball, and you hear an announcer go, My God, Darnell Washington, six, seven, eight hundred pounds. And the numbers may not be accurate, but you watch him play football, you're like, Oh, that's a big human being. Yes. You're familiar with the movies.
1: I'm familiar with those horror movies,
0: yes. (laughs) Most people. And so we're talking about 3D5, We're talking about the propensity to probably have to run a lot of zone. A team that's very good at running zone. But would I rather have Darnell Washington than not have him? Of course I would. Lad McConkie caught the two-point conversion against Ohio State and then limped off the field. That kid's knee is messed up. He's going to be a great financial advisor. But... This football thing may be a wrap for him instead after after monday night that's fine there will be legends in athens forever but there's nothing to be said about you know if Vlad mcconkey can't go and darnell washington's hobbled this is a man on washington who finished sunday night or sorry, saturday night in a walking boot like this isn't like oh he might be hurt he could come back no he was really hurt there's, there's no structural damage Due to, I mean, based on the X-rays and MRIs, but anyone who played sports and rolled an ankle or severely hurt an ankle, you know the unpredictability of that. So that's something they got an eye on. Lam Nakun got an eye on it. Beyond that, hey, bro, y'all gonna need more horses. Yeah. Because the and receiving core, the receiving that's... core.
1: Yeah, like that, that, that's court. that's where that's where the issue that's where the issue is gonna be for TCU. They just do not the. At some point, talent matters, right? Like everybody loves the underdog story, but sometimes clubber Lang
0: knocks out Rocky. But what's beautiful about college football is you know where talent matters the most? Yeah. Because yes. this is going to be a hard, fit, hard, hard fought game. It's going to be best on bass. This is the national title game. But at some point, someone on that CC bitch is going to, seems going to get tired and need a blow. And that's where Georgia makes some money. Georgia had a freshman come on a, a corner blitz last uh, last game and smoked CJ Trout from the backside. No one saw him coming. Because those freshmen's those underclassmen at Georgia, those are five stars waiting to show what they can do. I don't know. And this is a lot, is, I'll throw my hand up for ignorance here. I don't know about the depth at TCU. I know what that record was the last four years. I know what Signing Dykes has done in other places. It leads me to think that if you get through, let's say it's a fist fight through two and a half quarters. Let someone on TCU's team get tired. That's how Bama did it for so long. It was that, hey, our ones are probably gonna ones. Our twos gonna blow your motherfuckers out of the water, man. And that's what Georgia's established. Georgia's turned into. Yeah, but the the twos on
1: UGA on, uh, on Georgia are first round draft picks.
0: And that's dope. Like, you know, they graduated, they put five in the first round on defense last year. The fact that they're there now is a win. And can I be really real with you? Like, really real? It'd take a lot for me to feel bad about whatever happens Monday night. 37 years, I ain't seen one. You threatening to give me two? Nah, bro. I'm playing with house money now. I really wanted to beat. Um, Ohio State, and since this is going to come out on January 6th, happy anniversary, Ohio State fans. Um,
1: <laughs> I think Jim Jordan got some votes today, too.
0: GYM, Jordan. Um, but two would be special. We haven't seen two very often. We haven't seen that. It's really, really hard to go back-to-back in national titles in college football. Miami never did it. Florida State with Bobby Bowden never did it. Saban did it once. Urban, your boy, never did it. Only 10 teams since World War II. And six needed split titles. We haven't seen someone do it since Alabama in 11 and 12. And before that, it was Nebraska in 94 and 95.
1: Don't remind me.
0: And you want to know the, the craziest part? Kirby's 48. Y'all be real comfortable. Hey, man. When I said that, I said that shit to somebody this week. They look look like I stole their dog. (laughs) Like, hey, man. Curry 48, baby. Nick, like 70, 70 something, man. Y'all. We're near the end of Nick, but this shit. Woo, buddy.
1: I don't think anyone will be more upset at Georgia winning than Bama Boosters.
0: They they're going to look they at may that. Ask him. He may be gone sooner than later.
1: Yo, this this is the beginning of the end for Nick Saban. And it has
0: nothing to do with Nick Saban. Nothing. To, no, another, it's so hard to <laughs> explain who don't love, go comfortable. It's nothing to do with that. What Absolutely did nothing. 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 You, nothing. Nothing get fired. The question is, what did he do to keep his job? <laughs> and that
1: that is what being the head coach at Alabama is.
0: Oh.
1: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> It it, it is a constant state of that scene of The Dark Knight Rises where uh, your boy or Bane puts his hand on Ben (laughs) Mendelsohn's shoulder and that gives you power over me? I I gave you six
0: national titles. We wanted seven. You feel in control. (laughs) And And that's simultaneously like, the wildest and saddest thing, because he's still a fantastic coach. You watch it in the Sugar Bowl. He took a bunch of guys who knew they were leaving. He convinced them not only to play, but to beat the dog shit out of K-State.
1: <laughs> and, and Hello, misplaced he aggression.
0: Dude. And like, that's my biggest tell for this game, is the look on Kirby's face when that motherfucker ended on Saturday. He was the oh, angriest oh. you've ever seen Kirby Smart and the happiest dude I've ever been. The one shot they showed,
1: it was Stetson Bennett smiling. He said something to Kirby. Kirby looked at him, and then he looked like a child that just got that just got the report card. The
0: smile, dog. The 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 speech he gave him going in the locker room at halftime. Yes. And the sideline reporter was like, you know, you just talked to Kirby, to, uh, to Stetson. What did you say to him? He says we got any better than second half, we're gonna lose this game. <laughs> <He ran out>. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the elephant in the room the um the future owner of stetson Bennett, kia and uh in Waycross cross blackshear bruh what do you want what i feel like you should start because I, I have been very upfront for the last 47 years that i don't want stetson Bennett to be like quarterback because <laughs> it feels like he's at twenty five he better be a fucking pharmacist
1: and again for people that like aren't either plugged into SEC or Georgia culture. They don't understand. like, yo, his, his numbers are decent. He's winning. Why don't you guys like him? It's like, watch a game with Stetson Bennett, and it will all become just, clear why
0: Georgia just, fans are so you – know, This is that, That's that's last year. This is a different type of thing because now I'm alone. Because <laughs> now it's, it's – now it's, look at him in the fourth quarters. So I'm like, well, how we get to them fourth? Like, what? That, the process has to matter. That's
1: the thing. Like, that's, oh, Dog, that silly ass back, on an underthrown wheel
0: route. To... He underthrew that wheel route in the second quarter yes. of that. Yes. Game. I thought I was about to snap. I thought I was going to be on, on one of them um, 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 reels where you see idiots destroy their TVs. I've <laughs> never understood them until right that Moment because I had Chris Fowler being like, if he just puts it up there at the top, no, he said, he said, ooh, just a rare underthrow from Stetson. Man, the word rare, I was like, you mean <laughs> a fight Fowler. You ain't even watched this shit all year. I have, I've been there. Oh, curious, he curious, he Justin. Yes. serious he And he still
1: might be the best quarterback on the field tomorrow. Oh,
0: but look, when he put on that show, <laughs> I think he threw two incompletions in the fourth quarter because with goddamn near 500 yards, I'm like, what do, you, what do you want me to do? I get it. And that's what i It's it's that that was the old movie. How I learned to let go and start loving the bomb. Like that's it. I was like, whatever, yes. man. I, Justin, when they line up to kick that field goal at the end of regulation, I said to my, I said to Susan, I said, either we, either he misses it and I get to celebrate for a week, or he misses it, or he makes it and I get to blame Stetson, but I'm taking a dub no matter what. And that motherfucker missed. Oh, I knew he was gonna miss. It wasn't it. The, I didn't. That, what do you mean you lot- knew? That is a lot to ask from a
1: literal child.
0: Have you watched Georgia not lose these games repeatedly? See, oh, Jane Coston. Shout out to Jane Coston, fantastic writer. We are interacting on Twitter <laughs> earlier. She was talking about what is the one college football play that if you saw another country, you have to explain to everyone what happened. And this motherfucker wrote, The Prayer at Jordan Hare. Oh my God. <laughs> Bro, i was like, why am I catching strained on Championship Friday? What was that, Jane? <laughs> she wrote back, she said something to the effect of, you can't be mad at the Auburn team. They did it. I was like, the hell? Are... Ch- try me. Try me. For those who don't remember, God bless you. Second of all, for those who do, the kid, there was a year when Gus Malzahn was on with the head coach Auburn and he melted down about 400 separate horseshoes. Had the maiden to one giant horseshoe and then had that permanently affixed into his rectum for the entirety of the season. They beat Georgia on a last second Hail Mary that is forgotten in the ends of time because the next week was the fucking kick six. And the fact that she chose to bypass the thing that erased my heartbreak and invoke the words, Prayer at Jordan Hare. Three days for national title? that was uncalled for i'm still aghast that's the best word aghast
1: yeah the auburn has so many of those games though in their history
0: but that's what george that's those games georgia loses bro
1: well what line up for the kick i was like oh, okay how old is that kicker oh yeah, he's gonna miss this that, again that is a lot to ask of a literal child with seventy thousand
0: eyes on you. You 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 must don't. I'm gonna take you to do scratch offs, man, cause that shit I Yes, my hashtag is never a doubt. I've all been I've been saying it since twelve oh one January <laughs> first, twenty twenty three. Never in doubt. There was I I'll, I'll love with you, Justin. There were pretty high levels of doubt. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I, like,
1: I feel like Georgia fans were in that weird position of we know we're better than this,
0: but this is actually what we expect. Dog, it was like this: is, if we lost that game, that had been that had been the result the performers deserved. They didn't yes. play their best, and they still found a way to win because it's hard to champion. I I'd forgotten doing this this year, so I did a UGA preview with just with uh, Jason Smith, late of Doogee podcast, and during that he said, "I think Georgia and Ohio State go to national title game, and they get and Georgia gets blown out in the natty." And I said to him, "I said if Georgia makes a playoff." We're going to win it because championship experience matters. And I'd forgotten, I said, it. he said it'd be mentioned it back to me this week. And I was like, I'll be damned. It did matter. Have we been here before? You're damn right we have. And that shit mattered. It mattered. Institutional knowledge of how to handle the situations mattered. Yes. And I tell you right now, with all the love and respect in my heart, TCU does not have the institutional knowledge knowledge what they do have is two giant brass, size giant sized brass balls carried on my max that says we don't care what we're supposed to do we're too dumb to not know we're not supposed to win and that in and of itself is also super dangerous so also true 12 and a half is a big number i'm not. i don't gamble on football ball you shouldn't either if you saw my stand-up i told you why these are children they don't care about their own lives let alone your money why would you gamble on them there's nothing less reliable in America than the 18 to 22 American male. Ask any woman in your life if there's anything else reliable than that, she will laugh at you because it's that true. Don't gamble on college football. But if you're gonna gamble, take the over because either it's gonna be a shootout or George is gonna land that gas. I'm not entirely sure Kirby doesn't know how to not break people if he can. And I'll say that. And, and lastly, we're going to move on. We're going to other topics for the day. My biggest thing when they removed Rick for Kirby was, how much better do you want to be? Because Kirby, or excuse me, Rick was getting us at SC title games and conversations for national titles. We're always on the cusp. And that first year with Kirby, everyone forgets, eight and four. Lost to Tech. Lost to Kentucky down the stretch, And in a scenario now where he's one of the more longer-lived SEC coaches, I think that that institutional knowledge and that institutional confidence is going to become rarer and rarer as we see teams get more and more fed up. Um, this wasn't on the doc for the day, but I do want to talk to you about this because they just announced some more hires for um, for Jimbo's staff. Uh, have you seen who's on his staff now? I have not. Please. Oh, I'm so glad to, to be able to bring it to you. Bobby Vitrino has joined the staff. <laughs> He's joining Adazio and DJ Durkin on the staff. Wait, who? The dog? Who? <laughs> Oh, my God. DJ Durkin, late of, I mean, negligence. Of oh, homicide. It's, it's the very best. Is that fair?
1: Tangential, tangentially associated with the homicide, yes.
0: Yes. And Steve Bidazio, where you should just Google him. Just Google him. Just Google him. Not a great dude. But they'll be, they both be on that staff, and they'll be joined by Bobby Petrino. Oh, just so you know, uh, Badazio in case... The Googles do get, I, I forget, sometimes the Googles get um, stymied. Steve Adazio was released from Colorado State for making a racially insensitive comment to a uh, player. Yes, he's now a coach at, office of line coach at AM. There's two ways to look at this. One is obvious hilarity, and we're waiting for the, uh, the signing of Art Briles. I've chosen to look at it this way. Board of directors looked around and said, Who would we be okay with taking over this program once we shank uh, a Jimbo? They thought some names out and they said, Well, who among those names would have the sharpest knife to shank their boss? <laughs> and lo and behold, Bob Petrino's phone rang.
1: I don't think it gets much sharper than that. Have they already picked oh. out the plane? Have they already picked out the plane?
0: Bobby's gonna do fantastic as had catch there in about three years. I'm very excited for him. Oh my god, just the dumb. It's the dumbest sport. And honestly, and I'm gonna say this, and if you say I said it, I'll say it, I'll, I'll lie and delete the podcast. If he did just one, those weirdos A and M could have washed the Saudi money, and no one would care. If he'd have gone nine and something, they washed the money. They called a win. Yeah. Dog. You throw out these L's like this. We can't we can't even use it to launder. We can't even launder through you, Jimbo. Nah, baby. Bring in Patrina. <laughs> like, I wanna be the board of directors who made that phone call. I wanna meet and shake their hands just for the, the the inherent comedy over the next 24 months.
1: So okay, so you know these decisions don't happen in a vacuum. I want to know which loss, which loss was it where they decided, okay, enough is enough. We gotta get, we gotta get Bobby in here.
0: Well, they've got a bunch to choose from. Thank you for sending me <laughs> up for that. Oh. Like, what, what was oh.
1: the I, – I know what – I can point to the exact moment where Dan Mullen got fired. I can point to that exact – the exact quarter where Dan Mullen got fired. I can tell you exactly when it happened.
0: They've been running the numbers on him since about week four. Yeah. Because they can't – they just – his buyout right now is like $95 million. And whether or not AM's got it is not the issue. The issue is we can't show it. Because if you pay him, then you got to pay a new coach. You got to pay his staff. Like it's a whole house of cards. Firing the coach isn't necessarily the easiest thing, particularly in college athletics. But there was somewhere else that went, saw some impropriety, and they fired their coach, proverbially. And now the coach is saying, I don't want to be fired. Vincent Kennedy McMahon on January 6th, 2023, has reinstated himself as the chairman of the board, forced out two other board members, and will be bringing in three others to replace them to allegedly <clears throat> redirect the financial future of the company, which means he's going to sell this bitch. So, okay. Now, there are much smarter people doing much better reporting about this. But for those who don't remember, Vincent Kennedy McMahon was forced out of the WWE company that he built because of improprieties financially due to large payouts going to women who were given hush money for sexual harassment claims against Vincent and his inner circle. When he was forced out last spring, there was a lot of hemming and hawing and a lot of claims that Vince didn't want to leave that he thought he could fight the allegations. And mere days after Dana White caught no smoke for slapping his wife in public, Talk about that next vince giving a man said hold my beer lego which you've got to realize that there are still open investigations into things that have occurred because the sec has through federal investigations and so what vince is basically saying is make me and because of the way that the company has structured people smarter than me done this reading they can't actually make him and so if you're even to initially aware of the WWE product. They've gotten a lot better in the last few months since Vince has been gone and now there's a lot of fear. People have been brought back. People have been elevated in his absence. There's there's fear. Legitimate fear for their jobs and fear for what's going to happen next. None of it's funny, but what it is is another example of GTBW. Good to be white because, my God, George Santos. Not a sports story, but a fraud story. George Santos, in case you don't know, is a congressman-elect From the great state of new york i believe and his name ain't even george santos that i don't think i can't prove his name is george santos the man lied and fabricated a bunch of stuff if you're coming here for george santos news first of all weird second of all is mike mccarthy is kevin mccarthy the speaker yet release this on friday we'll see but third of all it is a pattern of well they caught you but what are they going to do about it dana white Riding his wife in public. You may not have seen the video because there's enough, excuse me, media connections to have it kind of largely not talked about. You may remember UFC being very much in bed with Disney and ESPN and being co-owned by the Endeavor Group. And so there's nothing that will make him get pushed off that spot until the, the, the stock price drops. So all that to be said is Remember it. Remember it. Remember how they acted, how everyone acted, when Dana White hit his wife twice in public on New Year's Eve. Remember when they accepted that he said, we've been drinking, we've been married for 30 years, and things got out of hand. I've been drunk around my wife. I've been drunk on my wife in public. We've been together 10 years. I've never hit her, public or private. I'm going to square that away right now. I've never struck my wife, never intended to. And if you want to believe this 50-year-old man decided to change his entire character on New Year's Eve in public, that's on you. I can't tell you what to believe. I can tell you that when he's taking the stances he's taking about some of the other some fighters and indiscretions under his employ and the way he handles their money, where he keeps approximately 85% of every dollar that the UFC makes, and the fighters give about 15, 15 cents on every dollar. You can choose to believe that in a vacuum and say, hey, look, I wasn't there, I don't know. But remember that for two months, the lead story across this country was Will Smith strikes Chris Rock defending the honor of his wife. There are people today Who don't rock with Will Smith? Because he slapped Chris Rock. I want everyone to remember this and just hear this thing really now before we go into an even more serious topic. Never forget how much this country hates, women. Go into that, every interaction with that lens, this shit stops being as surprising to you. Starts making a lot more horrible, horrible sense. Justin, I want to talk to you now, lastly, before we get out of here, Monday Night Football this past week. Tomorrow Hamlin was injured. I didn't see the hit. Um, I wasn't watching because I have no best interest in those teams and plus I'm, I was still a little football drunk from Saturday night. But I started getting texts and phone calls from guys I played with or guys I played against. Did you see that? Did, did, did you watch what happened to him? They prayed now and even on the field for 10 minutes. Justin, um, how did that, the injury, land with you? How did it enter your world?
1: So we're watching it here because mom and uh, little brother are Dolphins fans they're like, maybe Buffalo loses. So that's why they're watching it. I was ducking in and out because I also the I know best Titans. Best... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to see which one of them would have the honor of uh, smoking us uh, <laughs> at their house. Um I had, I went downstairs for something and I just heard a an audible gasp. And mm-hmm. I said, "Okay, what happened?" And then I saw it and I said, "Oh no." Right? Like immediately it did I think we've all forgotten the first to a hit, like the first to a concussion we saw. We're mm-hmm. like he just stopped. The minute I saw that, that's what I thought it was. And I was like, you know, no good. And then, like, as the night kept going on and he was still on the ground, right? I had to fight my worst impulses to be like, yo, okay, so I had rationalized that the good news is maybe it's just a spinal injury. That's, that's where my headspace was watching. I'm like, I hope it's just a spinal injury.
0: The, and the I thing think that, that you weren't alone there because, yeah, good, bad, or indifferent, we've become largely desensitized to spinal injuries on the field. Yes. Everett, um, Ryan Chase Ear, Eric Legrand. Like this happens. This is one of those things where I always come on here and say every helmet made in America has a sticker on the back that says this will not protect you from catastrophic brain injury. It won't do it, and so. It's Did you see it? Did you see the hit? Uh,
1: I I saw it, and I think the scariest part about the hit it's routine. Okay. Like it it, it
0: see, that's look, what got me
1: Yeah, like it, it doesn't look. It doesn't look like anyone was doing anything unsafe. Unsafe asterisks. Every action in football is inherently unsafe. There, there, there you go. Um, it it, it wasn't anything it didn't look like anything other than a football play. And I think for a mm-hmm. lot of people watching it, that's when, like you, you you have said for years now, like trying to make safe football is like trying to make safe cigarettes. Correct. I think a lot of people watching that are now wrestling with the fact that this is the nature of the sport.
0: And it's so wild to me because people said, if something like this happened, I never thought, I thought it'd be a big. For me, it's always been in the back of my head that if someone dies in the field, that's what it's going to look like. It's not going to look like the deak leader. It's not going to look like the 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 the, the Jack. Lawrence Taylor. Because yeah. well, because when you when you when you heat jacked up, when those pads make noise, that's the pads working. The big. Shock absorbs, absorbers absorbing shock. But the idea that you could get hit in an offbeat in your heart and it just go wrong has always been in my head. And I love – and I'm doing this this week. I was going to see how long I could wait before doing this podcast because I didn't want to be another loss in the fray. I have a very big suspicion after this weekend – it's gonna be and it's already happened. The young man's woken up, the breathing tube's out, he is he was on FaceTime with the team. all great news. But the NFL's ability to turn a story that should be a tragic one in their on their watch into an thing one, they trot out Ryan J Z here twice a year as the benefits of football. Motherfucker, he can walk again. How why couldn't he walk in the first place? Let's cover that one too. Right. Let's not pretend that he got. Hurt or or injured doing something unsafe or doing something against the rules. He was making a tackle, and you know what? The there are two batshit insane things for me about the whole situation, Justin. And you can tell me this. I'm gonna play a little game with you. Do you know why Demar Hamlin was on the field? Why he was playing at all?
1: Why was Demar Hamlin playing?
0: Because Micah Hyde got a neck injury in week two that said he couldn't play the rest of the fucking year. That's right. That's a This is the He's not even a starter. Like that's, he's a backup to a probe And he almost died. The second thing I'll bring up, and I apologize. I have forgotten this gentleman's name. He's the center for the Bills. It was his first game back that game. You know what he's coming back from, Justin. a concussion.
1: It was... I actually know this one. It oh, was... it was a concussion. It was a concussion. Oh, it was a
0: concussion. Okay. okay. You know what number concussion that was in his career in the NFL reported?
1: It is the NFL recorded, I'm going to say, four.
0: Okay, so this is third since 2019. Is NFL recorded okay. sixth.
1: Jesus.
0: And so when people tell me, oh, then we're going to make him go back after five minutes. Those are just radical people saying these things. Joe Buck ain't no fucking NFL hating radical,
1: bro. Like, there's a reason why Joe Burrow was warming up on the sidelines.
0: Dog, is on Stephon Dick trying to get people off. I was like, I thought that clip of 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 him be trying to get people out and get things moving. I'm like, no, because they weren't doing that because they thought they were going to choose to play. They thought they had to.
1: Exactly. And I thought they had to. right, wrong or indifferent, that's the reputation that the shield has with the players. Forget about what it has with the people. The players thought the expectation was, I just want somebody die on the field and we're going to have to get back out there and play.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, that's what they expected to have happen. I think that speaks more to the reputation the NFL has than anything.
0: But- and the thing is, I would love to see next excoriate at the NFL for the next 20 minutes. It's not just the NFL. It's sports culture as a whole. Yes. You always hear the jokes about, watching kids get hit at practice, and then they're hurt, so we move the practice down in the field. This is a 1,000% true story for me. I was 15 at wrestling camp at NC State. There's no new wrestling camp in the summer or whatever. And they've been bringing us in with these sharp, loud whistles all week. So I'm going to back up to the microphone so it makes noise here. So we're we're doing... Cradle drills, and we hear this. And we assume it's a sharp loud whistle to bring us in. So we start going towards the coach. As we walk in, we notice it wasn't a whistle. It was a kid's arm being snapped in half. He had posted when he was drilling the uh, the cradle, didn't go up his post quick enough, and the other kid ran over his arm and snapped his arm into a question mark. Because it's wrestling, and because there are rules about athletic sports, there wasn't ambulance on hand. We just moved this down two mats. And because of the protocols, I do know they're still in place, but at the time it was, before you move someone, you had to set the bone. So we're trying to get told cradles, two mats over, while the paramedics take this kid's arm in a question mark and rotate it back straight. I was 15, Justin, I'm 37. I remember distinctly listening to this young boy, boy, scream as they moved his arm pass out from the pain and wake back up before they said it screaming again i had subway lunch that day because it wasn't it never hit us as weird it never hit us as out of the ordinary but there, you that's trauma and on those kids like we were in that room we were traumatized a little bit by that had to be. It's unavoidable. We're human. Everyone in that stadium left wondering if they watched a man die. They spent the last four or five days talking themselves out of it, and now I think it's – I know the Falcons are doing it. We saw all the NFL teams on social media change their profile pictures to DeMar Hamlin's number. The Falcons are painting the the threes in the stadium blue on the field for this weekend's regular season finale where they're playing. I don't know who because fuck the Falcons. I'm telling you that that's all wonderful. And it's all, I'm sure, appreciated by he and his family. But, man, I wish there was another way to do this. Because I love football. I come here and talk about football every week. I love, I love football. It gave me my life. I didn't go to the school I went to because of football. I'm aware of that. I have certain skills and certain idiosyncrasies you know, that made my wife fall in love with me that I got because of football. No child of mine will ever wear helmet. And y'all can, I'm not, this is not casting judgment on anyone. Do what you got to do. I get it. Da duh, da, da. Since night, I've seen this from time back. Well, those, those big hits like that, they can interrupt your heartbeat. You see that happen in baseball sometimes. baseball since 20 I believe it's 1981 has received approximately 17 deaths on the field in youth and high school football that same span for bat, for football excuse me for baseball for football is over 160 kids and it's dead on a field we're not talking about paralyzed we're not talking about or ever altered, we're not talking about long term care, neither. We're talking about deaths. And the same way, we've ruined the COVID conversation in this country, where you say, Look at the death numbers. Hey, there's a large gamut between you went straight and I'm dead. And like you said, Justin, there's no such thing as a safe cigarette. And so you ask, well, what are we what can we done? What can we do? I don't know. I don't get paid to solve I mean, I am not to solve the problem. I'll tell you there's a problem. I'll tell you that we all have to make and I think they're more 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 apparent now to more people, but we're all making small concessions when we watch the sport. We all tacitly accept that at some point we may watch someone die on this field. And I think that this instance, this occurrence on the biggest stage we have on the only game happening is going to cause more pause and maybe it should it's i sound like i know i probably sound like a a football hater whatever you want whatever the the whatever clay travis would call me but i'll tell you this man you can learn the lessons from football other places and do what you want. Football is a great sport. It teaches a lot, but youth football, specifically youth football, like tackling football for like under 14, it's indefensible for me now. I can't accept. I can't come on for some football. I'll see him in high school. I can't do it. They've done the research, and this is research I don't trust because it came from the NFL, but even their research says the safest to begin tackling is at 14 because your brain is largely finished developing or can be as immediately negatively impacted by concussions. I know you're an intelligent human being a preacher in the choir a little bit talking to you, but did you, you seen anything in your life where people are changing and you think the change will stick beyond seven to 10 days? Because let's be honest, I, this happened on Monday. I called you and said, let's talk about the Georgia national title game. I'm part of the problem. Hand up. I admit it. I'm excited to watch Georgia fight for national title when during the playoff game there was the halftime Mercedes commercial and not one of those fucking kids getting a Mercedes check. I'm aware of my hypocrisies. I'm a sick, poisonous, bad person. I get that in this realm. Not great. But if I'm crazy, Justin, tell me I'm crazy. Tell me that, nah, Palm, you're wrong. Here's why you're wrong. Please, Point out the things I've missed here because I would love for someone to give me a real reason to say, no, I'd love to have my kid play football. But I can't. Not right now. Not the way it is. I can't.
1: This is all you need to know. Miami is considering sending Tua Tunga-Vailoa out there on Sunday after suffering two concussions within the span of five weeks. That is all you need to know about everything
0: you just said. Well, I've got some news for you. Broke about two hours ago. It won't be Teddy on Sunday. I'm going to Google it. And it won't be Teddy Bridgewater because he broke a finger. They signed Skylar Thompson.
1: Okay. Because the the, la- the last I read, because they said Teddy was out and Mike, my- and the, their African American head coach was saying, you know, we'll see how two is doing. You might get on. I was like, you are actually considering sending two.
0: No, they the signed Skyward this, this is... morning. Okay. And they're saying, uh, Skyward Thompson. they're saying he's gonna be the rookie and starter against the Jets who've had a great defense but have not been good down the stretch. God, look at me already talking about like it's full like that's I hate it, I hate what it does to me. It turns me into this craven, not very good person. Um, but yeah, man, it's just, it's, 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 it's hard. It's hard to divorce all these things. And that's why, you know, things are complicated. You got to talk about them, but this is why I'm such an advocate that's saying, pay all the kids because you don't know what's going to happen. Everyone around is getting paid because most of them will go pro and something else just like that's Bennett, and they deserve checks too. Justin, thank you for coming on um, before your flight to <laughs> sunny Florida. It'll be sunny. That's a thing. You to hang out where Florida keeps getting their heads kicked in by Georgia, and maybe you just maybe get to see Tennessee get a win. It's not all bad.
1: Your ability to take things full circle is honestly awe inspiring. A little bit jealous, actually. Like that—that—that was—that
0: that <laughs> was. that i will take, take that too.
1: That that last sixty was that last sixty seconds was like very that was that was damn good like I no no snarky comeback no witty remark just no that was just really good that that was A grade podcasting
0: oh shit sure. <laughs> hey man I appreciate you tell them where they can find you and uh watch us go back and forth when Georgia inevitably falls behind three touchdowns against C C U and I just start spiraling on the internet
1: uh you can find me L J ninety on Twitter uh three fifths podcast uh. You can definitely check. Deep, you can check uh, me checking it on d Palm. Never in doubt when Georgia is up uh, 28-7 at halftime. I will. I will say what? this though. Hold on. I will say this. If that score is within four at halftime, I would be very scared if I was Georgia. Seven is fine, but if it's four, that means TCU is has. Officially reached, too dumb to realize they're supposed to lose status. And at that point, anything can happen.
0: They can think all they want. We're going to beat them deaf man. I'm going to tell you right now. Ooh, buddy, old buddy, old buddy. De DePalma's back. Gone. I'm buried. Worry DePalma. That man's never coming back. You're getting full-blown. Bama 2012 except As a Georgia fan. I'm how dare you. It's the same way I felt after Tennessee. How dare you question the, good, the greatness of the God. How dare you, my friend? How dare it's an affrontment that you would put them in the same series with us. Remember those five days Tennessee was number one in the nation. That shit was adorable. TCU, we come for that ass. Horn <laughs> Frog, fuck that. Go Dogs. That was your show. There is no outro. Go Dogs.